Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I would like to start with the scripture and then we'll all be seated here. It's Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Could you raise your voices with me one more time? Can we pray that God puts this verse in our heart today, that he helps us with our faith? God, I love you, Lord, and I lift you up, God. You are worthy of all that we are, God, and all that we could ever ask or think, God. We put you first today, God. We lift you up and put you at the forefront of our minds and our hearts, God. Let there be fertile soil, God, that your seed will be planted, God. We lift you up, God. We praise your name, and we pray for our faith today, God. We pray for our faith today to be lifted up and to be put in you. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. My brother's back in town. He just smiled at me. Kind of threw me off. Anybody want to hear a, a brother's story? Yeah. Might as well. <laughs> Once again, I have the mic. <laughs> and <laughs> he said, part of the problem. Well, when I saw him, I just giggled and I thought, and I did think of this earlier this week, but as I you know, focused on the sermon part, I wasn't thinking about it as much, but I was reminded as he just gave me that Cheshire smile. Um, over there. But since he did just leave, the story that came to my mind now that he's come back, the story is very fitting. Um, when we were little, I didn't, we were, it was at the house on, on Joan Drive and 1281 Joan Drive. And he, I don't, I don't know what led to this point, but he came out from the, the rooms in the back and he came with a bag and he, he already, he knows, he knows exactly where, where this story is going right now. And he was crying. And he had a bag, and he said, you guys don't love me anymore, I'm leaving. <laughs> now, he was like, I'm going to, I don't know, I want to say like first grade. You give it that? All right. See, he's here now, so this is a lot different. It's been a lot easier the past year and a half while you've been gone to tell stories. So and he was like, I'm leaving, you guys don't love me, and I'm like, what are you trying to pull? I'm like looking at him, right? Where's Andrew? What would you do if one of your brothers said that? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, so maybe with like having four brothers in the house, it'd be a little bit different. But here with just one, I was like, and, and I'm four years older. And so I'm like, what does he want? What is he, you know, what are you getting out of this? Where are you going with this, you know? And so I'm just like, and so then, you know, so that's my response. That's what I'm thinking. Well, then he goes to my mom. Oh, Lord. Oh, for those of you that knew my mom, I mean, she's in a puddle. Oh, baby. Oh, oh we love you. We do love you. You know, and, and I'm just like, oh, Mom, what are you doing? I can't believe you're buying this. <laughs> and so, so we're standing at the bay window. Now, mind you, we've got, it's like our yard that backs up to another house, and then, but neither were fenced. So the highway was right there. The highway, the, um, for those of you who ever traveled to Oxford, it was 27, which is a pretty busy road. But he, that's the direction he goes. So, and then I'm like, wow, this is getting more dramatic. We're not even like walking out, 
out the front door and down into the neighborhood. We're going straight for the highway. You know, and I'm just like, wow, what is he doing? I am, I'm laughing so hard. I like can't control myself. And my mom is crying so hard. And she is finally, and I'm, I'm in the other room on the couch, like jumping up and down, like, I cannot believe he's doing this. Like, I'm just like laughing. She's like, Anthony, go to your room. She's like yelling at me, like, you're being so insensitive. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's turned against me even more. So I go back to my room. Next thing you know, though, I... And I will, I don't go to my room. I went over to my parents' room and I see in the window, he like gets all the way out there. He's holding this bag and he's standing there and you see his shoulders, he's crying. And then he's like standing there, he's just stopped. And you see him turn around and start, start setting back home. Like all of a sudden common sense has kicked in. Like, where am I going to go? I'm in first grade. I don't have any money. I've got a couple of clothes and I'm walking towards the highway. I'm going to get hit by a vehicle. And so he comes home, and my mom is just, you know, it's the prodigal son. I mean, I mean, just hugging him and everything. And so, I don't know. I don't, I don't, we never really talk about this. I'm not sure what he was thinking, what he was trying to get out of it. But I'm glad you're back. <laughs> I was glad when you came back that day. I'm glad you're back now. <laughs> so... Yeah, he'll be taking interviews afterwards in the foyer. You can ask him what he was thinking. Um, And maybe if you have a child that's ever felt that way, maybe he can help. So, I don't know. Now, that's a hard, you know, stick to the notes. I tell myself that every time. Stick to the notes. Stick to the notes. All right, but I'll start with this uh, picture here as I introduce my title. This picture of Indiana Jones. And everybody remember this movie? Any Indiana Jones fans out there? Ladies, any Harrison Ford fans out there? Oh, a couple oh yeahs. All right. All right. Um, I've heard that about him in his heyday. Um, so here, if we remember here in, in this movie, you know, they get there. Sean Connery is laying on the floor. And he's laying in there. And, and uh, you know, he's standing there. He made it through all the blades. And then he gets up there to the ravine or the canyon there, and he's reading in the book, right? And he's like, he's like, it's a leap of faith. He's like, God, trust. You know, he's like holding his heart, and he goes that they all, and he, and he steps on the bridge. Then they show you the bridge um, here for the movie. And so it's this, it's this step of faith. Now, my mom used to always tease me, calling me a Hollywood preacher. And I was just like, Mom, I, I don't like watch a movie and get a sermon from it. I, I'll be studying something, I'll be like, oh, that reminds me of that movie that I watched. You know, I don't know if I can help that. It's just how it, you know, happens. So I thought of this, and I thought, well, that's perfect. That was a, that's a leap of faith, and, and I think, you know, Indiana Jones was reaching out to God in that moment, maybe, somehow. So it could have encouraged other people. Um, so here we have... Here we have, now this is, once again, this is not where I got my title, but this is just to help us think of that now that you've processed that moment, um, a step of faith, a step of faith. Now I'll do my best attempt to regain our focus and take this to a spiritual venue. Amen. Jesus help us all right now. All right. I'd like to start with John two twenty three. John two twenty three. it says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, when they saw the signs which he did, when they saw the signs. Now, I feel that 
one of the things we think of when we, when we think of faith is miracles, right? It's typically one of, and, and I'm, not, I'm not discrediting or disregarding the other part like that we just have faith in everyday things or our fact that we have faith in God, you know, who we cannot see. So I, I understand that part. But a lot of times when we're thinking about faith, we, we tend to think about miracles, and it could be, and, and when we're talking about miracles, when people are sharing miracles, it's very faith-building. It, it encourages our faith. It lifts up our faith. We have faith, uh, just increases it. It could be because the Bible and the time that Jesus walked on the earth and a lot of miracles were recorded. So even when we're talking about the life of Jesus, miracles seem to be surrounded uh, with the story of Jesus. So it's just very much in our faith, in our Christian faith, it's something that's very much thought of all the time and connected to faith. But I've always struggled in my mind that if a miracle didn't happen, all right, we've all prayed for something that didn't happen, okay, that then someone or myself didn't have enough faith to make it happen. I've struggled. Raise your hand, please. Don't leave me up here alone, even though I got a few guys up here. Thank you for being up here with me, guys. Um, So, you know, it's just that Man, why, you know, you struggle why something didn't happen, and you wonder if it was something with your faith. You, you kind of analyze, you kind of go through, like, I felt like I had enough faith for that. I prayed, I prayed like it was going to happen. I did everything I've even heard preached about it before, and, and so I've, I've struggled with this in my mind throughout my walk with God. So what about, and then I just begin to think, like, as I was processing this, well, what about the people in the Old, New Testament that, the stories aren't written about, right? It wouldn't be any different than today, but there's definitely people in there that they prayed for miracles that didn't happen. But, you know, the reality is we don't, there's, there wasn't a long enough book or a big enough book, right, to probably record everything like that. And in the purpose of selling a story, they're going to tell this part, no different, but there are parts in the Bible that we see this. So as I was looking here from the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, right there at the end, it ends with this in, in verse 35 through 40. It says, um, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. I know, that's just not one you read a lot. Um, They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Verse 39 says, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So they kept their faith in God, even though there wasn't a miracle that happened or there wasn't some different route for their life provided, and, and something happened like that. So not everyone received a miracle in the Bible days. So I, back to that thought, it's, it's not going to be any different for today. People even who live righteous. God still decides sometimes or he allows life to continue to happen as is. And people then die and they, and they go on to heaven, they move on to glory. But it made me think about faith some more. And I began to just process these miracles and, and process my faith and think about 
What is the purpose of our faith then? What are we hoping for? Are we always just hoping for a miracle? And if it does happen or God does provide, then we praise God. Or, or is this a step of faith where we need to find a new trust in God? If I was just thinking about faith and I wasn't, you know, you were just talking it out and you weren't really looking up in the exact definition, I was just thinking about what is faith to me? It's just, it's relying on someone or something to make something happen that I should think is going on or that's going to happen, right? There's very, very simple layman terms. And I just, I just know it's going to be taken care of. I show up somewhere. So like I was here a little early today and so I watched the sun come up, but I didn't like worry. I didn't think I had faith that the sun was coming up today, right? When I went to the sink and turned the water on, I didn't think when I walked up there, is there going to be running water? So whether I thought it or said it, I had faith when I walked up that there was, there was going to be water. You know, I know this could not be funny for some of us. Depends on what's gone on lately. But when you got in your car, you went to start your car. Okay, somebody might need to have a testimony right now. But, you know, you walked up and you start your car. You didn't think like, oh, I hope my car starts right now, right? When you got here to church, you saw some other cars in the parking lot, which makes me think, like, if you pulled up and there were no cars in the parking lot, you'd be like, what did I miss? <laughs> right? From a cancellation to the rapture, something's happened, right? Okay. Yeah, that would be really bad. I, that would be a bad moment. For anybody that's happened to here at Calvary, we apologize publicly right now. Um, but you got here, there were cars here, the doors were unlocked when you walked up, there were lights on. The heat was going, he was going, and uh, classes or church was about to happen every Sunday, every single day. Um, every Sunday when you walk up, you're just, you know, you have faith that these things are happening. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit more in, in terms of right now, religious faith, right? You see, God does not have to prove anything to us. All right, we know that, but we don't, we're not necessarily processing that maybe all the time, but we do have something to prove to him. We are trying to prove to God that we what? That we believe in him. We are trying to show that in our actions. We show that when we walk in this building, but do we believe his ways and thoughts are higher than ours? We see in scripture, especially in the time that Jesus walked the earth, that it was important for him, and as he set a precedent in Christianity, that people believed in him. It was prophesied in Isaiah 43 and verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Then we go to the Gospels, Matthew 9 verse 28. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Why would it not be important to him if he, he was asking it? So it, it meant something to him. He wanted to know, Do you believe I can do this? Matthew 18 and verse 6, But whosoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck 
and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. I think he meant, I'm really serious about this. Right? So he warns even of offenses and saying, for if you're getting people not to believe in me, Matthew 27, verse 42, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. So Jesus is on the cross and they're talking about him. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. So those who had only heard of Jesus, heard of his miracles, even at that time, they were still wavering. They were wavering in in their belief for him. Continuing in the Gospels, Mark 9, 23 and 24, there's a boy with an unclean spirit and the father has brought him to Jesus. And he says, Jesus said to him, to the father, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So even Jesus continues to compel, continues to question people about their belief. This is a core foundation just in communication between him and the people he interacts with on his time here on earth. Even, and this man, this man who had heard these stories of Jesus, enough to do what? Enough to take his son to him. Humbly, humbly, desperately knelt before him and is asking him to heal his son. Even when Jesus tells him, if you believe all things are possible, he still tells him, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus then in John six thirty six, but I said to you that have seen me and yet do not believe. There's other scripture around this, but he's even just stating to them, even those of you that have seen the miracles, that have walked with me, not even amongst his immediate circle, and he's saying, you still don't believe. John 6, 64, but there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. Jesus was saying, God speaking through him saying, It's really important that you believe on me, that you believe in me. Then if we we go even in a smaller niche here into this inner circle, the disciples, I look through, I even text pastor, and I'm just like, I can't find a specific example where there's a miracle for for one of the disciples, like a personal miracle that happened to them individually. Not that I would be complaining. They saw how many miracles, right? It's kind of like, all right, guys, you're not going to complain about this, are you? Not that they did. I'm just side thought. But they watched all these miracles, and then Peter's the closest one, right? To like, he caused something, then that had to have a miracle. He cuts off the guard's ear, and then like in that moment, he's like, wow, right? He's even a wow moment for him. But they believed without personal Miracles, not, and, and this is, you know, I know it's in this time period too, and I know that's what we're taking in context. We're removed from, the, from that culture. We're removed from that time period of, of when Jesus walked the earth. But here's the people that walked on the earth that saw the miracles with them that were around him. And for some of them, it was still not enough. Judas, what happened to Judas then? 
Judas, I'm telling you, Judas lost sight. He watched all those miracles, and here was his problem. He didn't put his faith into action. If you asked Judas afterwards, why why would you betray? Did you not believe in Jesus? I guarantee he'd say, no, I believed in him. I believed in him, but I lost sight. I lost focus in what I was doing. I wasn't putting my belief into action. Somehow, as close as one of his disciples were right there, he still, he lost faith. We need to step, we need to have a step of faith to show God that we believe. Sometimes we have to do what? For Judas, we have to, not for Judas, but Judas needed to for himself. He needed to show himself what and how he believed. So here we've got this belief, believing in God. And then we've got faith. And then we've got action. Somehow this middle part, somehow believing in God and taking in all this information and and working through this process then builds faith in our life. It turns into this faith that we, all of a sudden we've built this enough and we have faith in something. And then when that faith is built, then we have what? We have to do something with it. And we take this step of action. So what is faith? What is this middle piece? What is this hinge point in our relationship with God? Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So do we have to have faith? That just, said, that just told us what faith was. It gave us this foundational piece. I just mentioned it's a very pivotal piece to our walk with God. And we, and, but here I tell you today, and we'll read here in scriptures in Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6, the Bible tells us, do we have to have faith? The answer is yes. Everybody say yes. yes. Because it is impossible to please God without it. Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6, 5 and 6 says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he had pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So can I just believe and have faith or do I need to show it? The book of James, James writes to us and encourages us not to only hear the word, but to put it into action. Our faith must be more than just a statement. We must put our faith to work. James 2 and verse 26, it says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So are you staying with me? Are we keeping this chain of believing of faith and works going here today. A simple thought, but a good reminder for us. But let's look all the way back, faith at the dawn of history. In Hebrews 11 and verse 4, it refers to it. 
It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. What was it about Abel? Abel did what? In a very simple manner, in in instruction in what to do, in how to give a sacrifice to God, Cain lost faith. It was very simple at that point. And he lost his faith because he did what? Faith, faith. Cain, where is faith? Is she sitting in here? Sorry. I was going to try to say I, I looked at her and thought of her name, but I didn't see her. So Cain didn't do what? He didn't, he wasn't, he stopped putting his faith into action and lost sight. Again, Abel did what? Abel stepped in faith. He stepped in faith and he brought it into action. What he believed in, what God had told him to do, he obeyed and stepped into it and and acted on his faith. Noah also mentioned, Noah also mentioned in the hall of faith, going back again to the beginning, to the dawn of history in Genesis, Genesis 6 and verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Good thing. Verse 9 Uh, Then says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. God then did what? He asked him to build an ark. Right? Because Noah believed in God. This is how he was known. Because he had faith in God, then he did what? He did what God told him. He built this ark with every detail and we'll skip to Matthew or to Genesis 6, verse 22. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Noah did what? Noah stepped in faith. Noah stepped in faith. Now, I can't imagine, could you imagine if he would have done everything God told him to do? Built that ark and the flood didn't come. But guess what? Even if that would have been the story, Noah did what? He stepped in faith and he obeyed and did what God told him. And I guarantee we'd have still read about him in Hebrews 11 because he did what God told him to do. Then Genesis 7 and verse 1, we see after, so the flood has not come yet. They're still mocking him. And Genesis 7, 1 says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. I want to follow the steps and I want to believe in my faith that I have in God so that God will count me righteous. The proof of the reality of our faith is a changed life. Noah's entire life was changed in the moment he began to obey God. A genuine faith will naturally produce good deeds. This takes us to Abraham. I'm not going to read the whole story here. We're going to keep kind of skipping through as we were on these other parts. Abraham did what? He took Isaac to the altar. In Abraham uh, chapter 22, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And so we know how the next part of this story goes. Abraham does what? He gets up early one morning. He gets some of his, his workers to help. 
He gets Isaac, and as they're headed down the path, that they're getting to the mountain, Isaac notices what? There's a problem. Dad, I see the fire. I see the wood. And where is the lamb? Right? I've done this with you a couple times, and I recognize that we're missing something. And Abraham tells his son, he said, God will provide. So they come to the time, they, he builds the altar, and Abraham stretched out his hand and takes the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord appears and says, Abraham, Abraham. He says, here I am. And he says, do not lay a hand on the lad. So we, we, we know this story. We, we're walking through this story. Then when he stops and looks over to the side or behind him, there's a ram and he's caught by his horns in the thicket and God has provided another sacrifice. And he's just wanting to see. He's just wanting to see if Abraham will obey him. My question for Abraham would be, Abraham, why was it not enough to just go with no sacrifice? Can I play a little bit of the advocate today? Could I just be human and put myself in Abraham's spot? Abraham, why wasn't it enough just to go and, and to be there? Why wasn't it enough to make that long journey and get up there and then God says, you've done what I've asked. But he waits all the way to the moment. Probably the, if I'm thinking about a step of faith to the ultimate degree, Abraham probably wins it for me. His son is tied down to the altar with all the wood around him and he has the knife in the air ready to slay him. And the angel of the Lord stops him. God needed to see the work of his faith. He needed to see his step of faith that he believed in an all-powerful and an almighty God. God does not say he's going to give us what we want, but he wants to see if we're going to trust him and take that step of faith. This church did not get what we wanted when Bishop Pasley went on to glory, but we all stepped in faith. Brother Danny, is Brother Danny here? He's not here today. When Brother Danny led that service, that Sunday morning, everybody remember that service? When I, when I think through this sermon, through this thought, and I think about that Sunday so many times that we had that line that came through, and, and Jordan, hi, that was your first Sunday here, wasn't it? Or come, come a couple of times. You hadn't met Pastor Pazla yet, right? You guys just stick out in my mind a lot that day, too, as I watched them, new people, to Calvary, and I watched everybody get up and walk through and take this step of faith. And I feel like looking back, it wasn't as much for that moment and praying for that cloth and a miracle for his life as it was for what God was doing in all of our lives in that moment. Somewhere in that step of faith, it wasn't, it wasn't all about that miracle, whether we understood that or not. Somewhere in our humanity, we still can stay confused after years of following this faith and after years in relationship with God. But we have to do what? We have to take that step of faith. 
finally, I look at this last uh, set of scriptures here in James chapter 2. Remember the stories that we've just looked at. James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. As we're processing again, believing, believing in God, then our faith, and then putting it into action. Verse 14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Save him. Everybody say no. no. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but do, you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, does it profit? Or what does it profit them? Everybody say nothing. Thus also by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse, six, verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that, with, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, just like Noah, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. From the hall of faith, it's mentioned here. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Could we separate today our mindset from this faith and miracles, that it's only about miracles or it's all about miracles when we have faith to pray for something or when we have faith to take a step of faith? Could it be that the miracle is not the most important part? It's believing in God, taking a step of faith, and that faith being what? Put into action. If you'll stand with me. Lastly, I read this one verse and then I'll make a couple more comments. Hebrews 10, verse 23. It says, let us, hold, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. So this is what this is all building towards. Us believing our faith, putting it into action is doing what? It's giving us hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Can we all say amen? amen. There was a, a guy in Bible school. His name was Ryan. He was from Michigan. And at a young age, he had had a stroke. And so the, I want to say, uh, if I remember right, but it was like the left side of his body. And so he kind of he drug his left foot, and his, his left arm was always kind of curled up, and his hand was withered. And in Bible school, when you get a bunch of young adults with lots of energy that love God, 
and the worship music is going, or a sermon is just, you're going to get a response that's going to build the faith of anybody else in that building. I mean, it's going to pour over. It's going to be so thick in that room. And there were moments at Calvary Tabernacle and, and in our chapel that I thought, he's going to be healed today. He's going to be healed today. There's no, no way that he couldn't be healed. And time and time again, wouldn't you know, he was one of the first ones in the altar every single time at both places. And if it was a message on faith and it was a message about healing, he would limp up there. He had glasses and he would, he would raise that arm. Oh God. Oh God, heal my arm. Heal my arm, God, for your glory. For your glory, God, heal my arm. And he, you would hear him yelling above the rest of them. Everybody else. Heal my hand, God, that it might be a testimony to others. He would raise that arm. There were times when there would be a hundred of us around him praying for him. And I'm thinking, God, if you're going to heal him, it's going to be right now. He would sweat and tears would fall down. He would be one of the last ones to leave the altar every single time. I got to think in my head that I, I just... In my head, I got to think he was thinking, I got to have enough faith for this to happen. But I also know that if, if, and I don't know where he's at today or what he's doing, if God's never healed him, every time he takes that step of faith, every time he walked to that altar, he was saying, God, I believe in you. God, I believe in you. God, help my unbelief. That man didn't say anything about just healing. It didn't say healing. It just said, with God, all things are possible. I'm trying to encourage somebody today to maybe change our mindset about how we're looking at life all the time, of every problem or way that something's got to be solved. It is the process that we're going through, but it's this step of faith that we're, we're acknowledging God and we're saying, God, I know that you're able to do it, but whatever you're doing, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm putting myself in submission and and I'm putting myself under you for whatever you want to do, even if it's just to keep saying that, God, that you're in control. Ryan took a step of faith every time. We bought the building across the street. We bought the Bishop Center because God's directed and guided it and given us confirmation so many times. We've taken a step of faith, and only God knows what's going to come of it. It might seem a little difficult at times. It might seem we've got a couple hurdles to go over, but every time we're going to keep taking that step of faith, every time we don't throw the towel in and say, you know what, we're done with this building, every time we keep moving forward, we're taking that step of faith, saying, God, whatever it is that you want to do with this, a couple Weeks ago, Pastor Ellis talked to, to Dillard's and we went and bought all those boxes and we bought those employees meals that day and we boxed up all those clothes and we delivered them to Princeton, Princeton's closet to make an impact on our city. These are works because of our faith. 
Some of you took a step of faith today to just walk into this building. Just to get in the car, you took a step of faith. To drive here and not talk yourself out of it for whatever reason that was. To walk in here. Earlier when I, I walked in here a couple minutes late from the worship and Pastor Ellip was, was just exhorting and praising to God and I saw people in the altar. You, somebody took a step of faith in that moment. I'm not preaching against miracles. And those miracles aren't going to happen if we don't ask God. But the other thing is those miracles aren't going to happen if you don't step in faith. If you don't just take that step of faith. I didn't get to talk to him, but I think about him often. And I think about some of the last times he was here at our church, but was Drew Protzman. A lot of you know Drew Protzman, but he's, he's struggled with a, a disease that he's had most of his life with Crohn's. And I watched Drew as he sat over here with his parents, and so many times he would come to the altar. And he would come to the altar. And there was times in service where we thought, man, this is such a, a faith-building sermon, and, and the altar call is going to be focused on that. And, and you were just kind of looking on the corner of your eye, expecting Drew to come up to the altar. And sometimes discouraged for him, like, I wonder if he's going to come up. He's come up so many times. This is my humanity talking, and I'm thinking through that. And one of the times he came up, and I was remembering, I was praying, because how do you even go over and pray for someone in that moment as you've been processing that alongside them? But God spoke to me about Job, and I thought, okay. And I walked over there, and I started praying for him and his family, and I was crying as I was looking at him, and I was saying, Drew, I don't know if God is ever going to heal you. Only God knows that. But one thing I do know is that every time you walk into this church and you walk up to this altar and you keep telling God that I believe in you, I say, God is telling, God is telling you that I couldn't have given everybody allowed this disease or given everybody this disease in their life because others would have turned and cursed me. But Drew Protzman, I trust you. I trust you, Drew Protzman. Think about some of the things that you've gone through in your life. God is saying, for you that are standing here today, God's saying, I trust you. I trust you that I've put you through some things and I've, Abraham, I tested. Abraham still took that step of faith and walked to that altar that day and drew that knife up in the air. So what are you being challenged with right now in your life that you need to take a step of faith. It's not about the miracle. It's about declaring to God that I trust you, God, and I believe in you, and I'm putting my faith into action because I don't want to end up like a Judas. I don't want to end up one of those that stood so close to your presence and I didn't put my faith into action and I stepped away. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, 
or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.